Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Green Podcast. Today I'm going to bring you a new episode of the Ask Weldon Show. You can check the show out live every day, 6.30 p.m. at twitch.tv slash mindgamesweldon. And remember that everything in the Mind Games brand is supported by the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash MAC. And you guys should use the code podcast as you're listening to the audio version of the show rather than the code that I share during the video. All right, let's hop into it. Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 230. Today we are going to talk about motivation without emotion, subs in professional esport, specifically the C9 situation, kind of late take on that, but I was on vacation when it happened mostly, and self-love versus self-acceptance. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Ask Weldon Show. My name is Weldon. This is the show where you ask me questions and I answer them either from my experience as a professional esport coach, professional League of Legends coach, or a sports psychology trainer with a master's degree in sport science in sport and exercise psychology and exercise. Did I say exercise psychology? Yes, I did. All right. We're back. This is my second show back after a little bit of a hiatus for a week uh, where, I'll, where I was on vacation and then another week where I was traveling a bit for work. So... We're getting back into the swing of things. I think today the biggest thing that's going to happen is I might be able to put this on Instagram TV if I can figure out the the proper encoding and the proper editing and stuff like that. And my light is burnt out on the ceiling, so the room behind me is dark, even though I have all my filming lights working. So there's that. And it looks like this is just how my hair is going to look. I mean, yesterday I came into the show and it was a bit pompadourish, and now I come into the show and... I think if I just get up at four in the morning and go straight to film and then go to the gym afterwards, this is just what I'm going to have to live with. So I know it's fantastic, uh, and I guess it'll just have to stay fantastic. I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, eventually, when this is you know some massive production, you know I'll have the makeup guy and the hair guy, and, and we'll, we'll take care of that. Anyway, uh, any other updates? I went to the gym twice yesterday and did was doing back and bicep day, so... I am a little bit, hashtag lot bit, sore uh, in places, many places. Um, I was able to do like, you know, main sets and then kind of like destroy everything and polish it off. And I've been doing intermittent fasting, cutting myself down to like OMAD, so one meal a day. But I started doing some calorie tracking and I realized I'm like, 1,000, 1,200 calories. So I lost a lot of weight last week uh, when I was in Berlin because um, I've been doing it for a while. But then I went to Berlin and I think that I think that I just couldn't engineer the ability to have enough food in a single meal. So yeah, so I basically think that uh, I'm afraid to do that while working out super, super, super heavily. I need to hit 2,000 calories. So I might not do one meal a day. Um, I might switch back to like four hours or six hours intermittent fasting just so that I can eat more and more food and try to hit that, you know, 2,000 calorie mark. We shall see. But anyway, the trimming is going well. I'm cutting. So I went through a bulk for a while. Now I'm trying to trim down. And uh, I'll post progress photos of that probably on, on my socials, so you can be sure to check that out there. And I don't think there's any other announcements. Why don't we just jump right into the show? All right, 
Today's first question comes from John. John is the guy whose voice uh, I wish was able to read every single question on the show, practically speaking. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Weldon. Do you think there's a difference between self-acceptance and self-love? And do you think self-love can improve performance? What I mean is sort of like, on one level, I can say, well, I want it to be Diamond Elo by now, but I'm still only platinum, but I accept myself as platinum and will continue working towards Diamond. That to me is like a mindset of self-acceptance, whereas a mindset of self-love might sound more like, I love that I was able to reach Platinum ELO, I'm proud of my accomplishments, and I'm sure if I keep working, I'll reach Diamond ELO. Do you think there's a distinction to be made here that's important? And if so, what are some ways to increase one's self-love? Thanks. All right, John, thanks for the very interesting question with a detailed scenario. And I'm going to use your scenario to kind of explain my answer. So the answer is absolutely yes. There's a massive difference between acceptance and self-love. Acceptance is kind of like the gateway or the tool or the technique that you use kind of on the path to self-love. And I would say self-love is a state where you can love yourself uh, in spite of feedback from the world. Maybe we put it that way. And a little bit in your example, it's kind of like not far enough. So you say, oh, I love that I reached platinum. No, you love yourself regardless of whether you reach platinum or not. And I'm proud that I did it. No, you're not. Pride is a thing that leads to one of the issues. Like if you have pride, you also have shame. You can't have pride uh, kind of like all the time, because then as soon as you don't do something, the pride evaporates, and then you're left with what? Like shame. So I think that self-love operates outside of the uh, domain or capability of having pride in yourself, in a way. You might, it might seem like pride, like you're always proud of yourself, but then at that point, it's not pride, I don't think. It's kind of just more like self-love, right? So I think that there's a huge difference between self-acceptance and self-love. I think acceptance is is more along the lines of what you would say as, as the as the technical mindset, technical technique, the the technique, yeah, of how it is that you that you work towards self-love, and then self-love is the state of um, kind of being able to love who you are and what you're doing, regardless of any sort of feedback from the world or outcome based judgment. And like I said, it's going to be a very stoic mindset. I don't think that it's going to have a a lot of emotions related to what you accomplish and what you don't accomplish. I think that it's going to be more about uh, just being satisfied or full in a way of uh, who you are. And it's going to have to come, like it's really hard to have self-acceptance without having the ability to have kind of like a loving kindness toward everybody right? Because we are our harshest critics. And so if you can't love a person who's very harsh to you in in the traditional world setting, so I'm not talking about just like in an online video game, um, but somebody who maybe like has hurt you or stolen your purse or uh, your kid or your mother or, or somebody really, you know, um, I think that it's very challenging to have compassion towards yourself as well. So, yeah, self-love is this very, very, very difficult thing to pull off that is like a long-term lifetime quest. 
And self-acceptance is something that you can work on every single day. And if you do that, um, you kind of might be working a lot towards self-love. The other component that you need along with self-acceptance to reach self-love, I think, is, or one of the other components, not the other, is, uh, is compassion and empathy for other people that are hard to empathize with. And so there's the story of, um, I just read this in a book. It was so funny. There's a monk, you know, he's meditating on compassion in a cave for 10 years and he comes down to the town and um, there's a there's a prince going through on an elephant and a little kid, uh, you know, backs up and is pushing and he steps on his, on the monk's foot and the monk like, you know, it's very patient and compassionate and, 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 helps move him off and, and slides over a little bit and the, and like the crowd is pressing backwards and the kid's being pushed backwards and he steps on the monk's foot again and the monk kind of like you know pulls his foot out from under the kid's foot and then a third time he steps on the, steps on his foot and the monk shoves the kid off and is like stop stepping on my feet and then he runs back up to his cave and starts meditating on compassion again uh and he's like i'll come back when i'm ready so so there's like the idea of, you know, working on your compassion and then there's the world which actually tests your your real capability of being compassionate all the time to people who are injuring you. And uh, and I think that that is, uh, that is something that is, uh, you know, tough to work on, but that has great benefit for yourself when you do it towards others as well. Okay, that's my take on self-acceptance versus self-love. Let's take a look at the second question. Uh, We're going to skip to something that's a little topical, but I'll answer it in a very general sense. Hey, Baldwin, this is Caleb. I'm curious as to what your take on the situation with Cloud9 is. They subbed out some of their most veteran players, like Sneaky, and put in uh, their academy players. I was just wondering... Yeah, I was just wondering what your take was and if there's anything we can learn about the situation. Uh, Thanks. Bye. All right. So, what is my take on C9? Let's back up to a macro level. Let's talk about subs in eSport. Sub in eSport. So, a couple principles about substitutions. Now that you guys realize that franchising is here and substitutions might happen, now that teams have academy teams, so there's 10 players to pull from, you know, and there's some sort of semblance of capability of subbing in NALCS, not EU yet. Let's talk about subs in eSport. First principle of subs is you must be willing to lose games in order to win games. That's the first principle of coaching with subs, okay? You must be willing to bench your star player uh, in order to create, create or craft a winning team culture in the long run which means that in the short term, you will lose games to win games in the long run, okay? So this was not possible before franchising existed, right? So we would would never have true subs, really. Uh, There would be subs for the purpose of winning within the season, you know, but not building a a team culture for the next season, you know? Uh, I'm reminded of when the Vikings basically fired Randy Moss, even though he was probably one of the best receivers in the game, mainly because they were trying to craft a culture, Right, I don't even know if that ever panned out for them. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm curious about what their record was before and after Randy Moss, but uh, but but the basic premise is like it just doesn't fit. It's just not a fit for our team, kind of thing. So you must 
be willing to lose games in the short term to win games in the long run. You must have a purpose and a, and a and an idea and a lesson you're trying to teach. The sub is a the sub bench is a tool that you use to instruct players, and so you have to have like a goal or an ambition, um, and and a way to measure objectively measure when you're when you are going to put the player back because or or sub players out because the biggest problem with players learning how uh, learning the how to navigate the sub bench is expectations versus reality right like their understanding of what it is that causes them to be subbed or not subbed versus the reality of like your opinion so it's very important to have kind of like good uh, laid out kind of like if you do this and this and this then this will happen um, this is this kind of thing will cause you to be benched and if they do it it's like black and white right it's not a then a debate like oh well we don't want to lose the next game or this guy's underperforming um, at that point it doesn't matter if the other person you would sub in is underperforming the person who who was on the main roster did the thing you said not to do therefore they're gone kind of period right that you're willing to essentially lose games in order to teach values. So, of course, the values have to be very powerful. They have to be values that you know will carry you to the championship in a number of years. If they aren't, if they're just power struggle nonsense, then you're a crappy coach and your team's going to revolt on you, right? So, th- those are kind of the fundamentals of how to use subs in any sport, specifically in esport, just in general. So, when I look at the C9 situation... I want to assume that Reaper has an intention. I want to assume that, you know, he's laid out kind of like ahead of time, like this, these are the kind of things that will get you benched. These are the things that you did that get, got you benched. This is how you get back unbenched. And when they did them, um, you know, then there was an objective evaluation of performance and they got, and then people got unbenched. Um, and there's an expectation and understanding of what it is in C9 that is culturally acceptable uh, towards you know, getting benched versus versus playing on the main roster. And it sure seems to me like they're willing to lose games in order to win games. So, yeah, their performance is pretty abysmal right now. I think they're in last place, although this the, the amount of games separating them from first place isn't really that, meant, that much. Um, but the other component of subbing correctly is maintaining a really strong team culture and getting the players to kind of sub themselves almost getting to the point where they, they understand already, yeah, I did that thing, or yeah, like, it's correct that we lose this game. Like, like the player has to think when they're watching the team lose the game that they're not in, that this is my fault because of my behavior, I'm on the bench and we're losing the game. Not it's, This is the coach's fault for putting me on the bench and we're losing this game, right? They almost have to be at the state where they're subbing themselves for their inability to enact discipline in a way on themselves that's the kind of like that's when you know you've made it as a coach right when when the players are literally subbing themselves but but essentially the the sub tool or the bench is 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 one of the main tools that coaches use in traditional sport for coaching and so this will very quickly delineate this this the sub the bench in eSport will very quickly allow you guys as fans to delineate between good coaches and bad coaches. Good coaches will sub players and then they'll lose in the short term and then they'll start winning again in the long term. And bad coaches will just like 
their rosters will just go blink, 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 and nothing will happen because they're crappy coaches. And there's very, 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 very few actual real good coaches in eSport right now. And that's just the long and short of it. All right. Thanks for the question. Glad I got to talk about just, you know, the fundamentals of subbing. Let's jump into question number three. All right. Sorry. Got to get my headset on. Hey, when since I can remember my parents had always placed high expectations on me and showed not enough affection because of their own background perhaps um, they're Asian and also war refugees this caused different effects um, one of them being that I had a lot of hate in my life while also being very critical with myself after consulting with a life coach for almost a year now and learning the act of forgiveness through your Mac program and your show, the hate in me seems sort of vanished and I don't scrutinize myself anymore for when things go wrong. While that is good in itself and also good for my mental health, back then, the hate inside me helped me in a lot of clutch situations. For example, when I was training and I needed to push myself over the edge um, physically. So now that the hate is gone, I find it very difficult for me to um, push myself over the edge. How do I find that new energy? Okay. I am very interested in this topic. This is something that I'm very, uh, very much kind of seeking the answer for myself. Because uh, essentially what you're asking, Joey, is how do I find motivation in the absence of emotion? So normally the things that we can use to drive us are our emotional states. And I would, I would argue that perhaps you should use the word anger sometimes because I have seen that hate is not a very motivating emotion, whereas anger is a very motivating emotion. So my guess is that you have like a like a framework, you had a framework of hate kind of like in your mind, but then in the moment when you were trying to push yourself, you were using, you were generating anger and you were using the anger as a fuel to, for example, overcome a physical limit, you know, and lift something in the gym or whatever. Um, I'm very familiar with this because I used anger to fuel my learning of Japanese, and I was able to get up every morning and study Japanese for like two two years. Uh, and it was based on, you know, a little bit of self-hatred, cert- certainly, because I was like, you're if you don't learn this language, you're going to prove for the third time that you can't learn a foreign language and, and that you're a failure, kind of, in a way. So there was that motivation for sure. But then, um, uh, yeah, so anyway, going back to the original question, how is it that if we repair ourselves and we find ourselves, um, you know, in this very Buddhist ideal of of self-love and self-acceptance, like our first question from John here, where does our motivation come from? And I'm very curious about this topic because I do elite performance and I try to train people in like more Buddhist fundamentals of self-acceptance. So doesn't this level of self-acceptance lower people's rigor and lower the kind of imperfections that they typically use to drive themselves. So there's a there's a couple simple answers and a couple complex answers to to this dilemma that I have seen so far. And I don't have the answer. I'm still looking for it myself and I'm actually curious to start researching it when I start my PhD. But one thing that I have noticed, Joey, is that if the thing that you want isn't really your passion, then you won't be able to motivate yourself towards it in the absence of whipping yourself up into an emotional tizzy, okay? So, 
for example, let's say that you're you're motivated to to do schoolwork uh, or you're motivated to work out or you're motivated to become a professional esport athlete, and then you fix yourself. You go one day, you wake up, and you're just like Nirvana, right? And your perfect self love, right? It will be nigh impossible to motivate yourself to do things that are not true to like your personal passion or mission in the world. So if if the working out um, you know, because you wanted a sexy body so that you could try to get love from, um, you know, a girl or a boy because you hate yourself and you needed that fulfillment, all of a sudden that will not be there anymore, right? You'll have to find a new justification for that purpose. Or um, if you wanted to be an esport athlete for the fame because you needed recognition and then that kind of wound goes away, then you'd you're not motivated to do that anymore. So a little bit the death of this motivation is the death of the wound that is like driving that kind of like seeking. And so it has to be replaced with like a purpose-driven or a purpose-filled passion. And for me, as I have worked on wounds, I have been able to essentially hone my motivation, kind of like focus a little bit more and to try to, find ways of doing things. So this is anecdotal. I'm hoping to turn it into like a research framework eventually. Um, but to try to do things uh, for for like a, I, would, I don't want to say a greater purpose, but for a very pure purpose. So for the point of doing uh, sport is is the point of doing sport. Like the point of doing it is is the doing it of its, in and of itself. That there is some beauty in just trying to do something perfectly no matter what it is and so the pursuit of for example high performance for the for the sake of performing perfectly is a beautiful thing because then people get to watch that it's kind of like what i like to sh- say as you know monks kind of disappear into these caves and they try to meditate themselves into a different state of being and then what well, why right they're trying to help humanity but they're helping themselves and they're and they're literally like um, relying on family men and family women who grow, you know, food to, to feed them even. You know, they're relying on society to sustain them while they pursue these strong ideals. So what is the point of that? Well, the point of it is to essentially to try to reach a further state of humanity to show that it can be done and to find a path that they can use to advise others along the way. So what if the meditative retreat was not, you know, in a cave? What if it was pursued through... Um, through like any sort of path in life, right? Any sort of journey that you take the journey and you're like, this is the thing that I'm going to do and along the way I'm going to do it perfectly and that is the point of doing it in the first place and it is to essentially be seen or to at the end show or at the end teach the mindset of how it is that you accomplish this thing while loving everybody in a way. Uh, so that's kind of a very abstract and 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 systems theory kind of like out here answer to your question. But the real practical answer when you come down to everyday life is you want to try to avoid relying on emotion in order to drive action. Because this is kind of like the root of um, a lot of, uh, of issues. And if you continue to use emotion to drive action, then not only are you going to be unmotivated when you don't have emotion, but your emotions are going to remain drivers of your physical action. So you're going to be motivated to anger when your children misbehave and you're going to throw things. And yeah, so anyway, um, 
a little bit of self-reflection there. Uh, uh, still working on the whole like monk coming down out of the cave and working with the kids thing myself very strongly. But anyway, so what you want to do is you want to essentially try to build up a a framework or an understanding of what it is that you really want and you want to start forgiving yourself for things that you do not have the motivation to do. Like if you are not motivated towards something and you're not able to understand why you would discipline yourself to do that thing in the first place, then it's okay to give it up. It's okay to say that thing appears not to be something that is worthwhile or worthy of my time or my investment or my energy or my focus or or my passion. But then when you do find the thing, you need to bend all aspects of your life towards it. So for example, when I'm doing um, when I'm doing eSport high performance, right? And I see the gym as part of that component because of this very small puzzle piece where it connects, right? Where like the gym is a component of my brand because physical movement and witnessing to that is an important part of kind of restoring the usefulness of esport to youth as a youth, as a competitive youth sport in the future. And so I need to be able to essentially like be, well, I need to be able to be strong enough to kind of like walk the Camino de Santiago and to carry my kids around and throw them, you know. Uh, but at the same time, there's this esport component. Or, or maybe a better example is I want to be able to throw my uh, six-year-old up in the air and catch him. And I don't want to just be able to do it with my younger kids. And I noticed myself like starting to flag on that when he turned four and five and he's starting to get bigger. And I was like, this is my only chance to ever in my life, like, you know, throw my kid up in the air and catch him. And he's aging out of that. So I need to stay as strong as possible for as long as possible in order to keep pulling this off. Um, and so that's like, you know, that's like a passion project, right? Um, and I guess you could say it's a little bit motivated by love, except that it become it became like an ideal, right? And then the ideal is what I'm trying to live out in a very emotionless way as I am kind of pursuing it. So I would say you have your ideals, right? And those are the things that drive your actions, um, the values that you have kind of towards towards those ideals and how you break them down on a day-to-day basis become the way that you're able to discipline yourself. And then the discipline is going to be feel and be less focused and less abrupt than emotional motivation. And certainly with regard to physical limits, this is going to be a challenge because we know physical limits are related to rate of perceived exertion. And your rate of perceived exertion is mostly overcome through emotional states. So if we're talking about like lifting heavy weights, um, it's a real challenge to overcome your perception of exertion without emotion, like this through logic and, and pressure and concentration. And it's possible that it's not even possible to do it at the rate that you would through emotional states. Um, so we need more research on that. We need more research on what the, the central governor is to fatigue in the muscles. Excuse me. But yeah, essentially, I think that, that that's kind of a totally different question. So your question was, what do I do with my motivation if... Um, if my emotions are gone and you got to get really abstract and find your ideals and your passions and then you have to break those down into principles and connect your actions that you do in your daily life with your passion, your ideals. And if you can't connect them, then you can't be motivated to do them. 
And so you probably shouldn't try to motivate yourself to do them. And that's kind of more or less how it is. Also, I would say I was talking about motivation in terms of like going through the actions, right? But the actual act of motivation and the, and the sensation or the emotion of motivation, I think are two different things. You're not necessarily going to have the motivation of emotion ever. I don't think that the motivation of emotion, the emotion of motivation is something you should strive for. Um, I think that we should strive for doing things that line up with our values and not necessarily being motivated to do them in the first place. So it could be that you don't ever experience motivation again if you do it perfectly, for all I know. All right. And by the way, thanks for talking about the Mac program. I forgot to mention that before I jumped into this question, but you should check out the Mindfulness Acceptance mindfulness acceptance commitment program mindgames.gg slash mac it is my training program online video training program 50 course 50 sessions for a single one-time price for permanent access forever no matter how many times i upgrade it you should use the code ask weldon to get your five dollar discount and you should get it now because the app is coming along and i think that it's going to be ready more or less uh, over the summer going into the fall and then it's going we're going to switch to a subscription model because um, it needs to be, uh, needs to be maintained kind of going forward and the content is going to keep coming into it. So I'm working on that right now and, uh, I'm very excited for how it's going to be appified. We're going to separate the lectures and the, and the kind of teaching from the mindfulness section. So they're two different tracks. We're going to add some activities that I have in the traditional Mac program, uh, kind of using Google Sheets not Google Sheets, but Google surveys and stuff like that, and some that some that got destroyed from the program years ago, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of like implement them as an actual app coded own own code activities so that they're part of the part of the structure of the program. So yeah, very excited for that. But you can check out the current program, which is very fantastic, obviously, at mindgames.gg slash MAC. And that's it for the show, you guys. Make sure to check it out every single day at 6.30 p.m. live. And I will see you all next time. I guess tomorrow. I'll see you all tomorrow. Or at the gym in five minutes on my social media stories. I don't think you can say the three words that I'm avoiding saying on YouTube anymore. So I'm just not going to say them. That's the show for you today. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Remember, you can check out the show live at twitch.tv slash mindgamesweldon every day, 6.30 p.m. And you can join the pre and post show chat where I answer questions from the audience in depth. We can kind of dig into them deeper because you're there to respond. And make sure that if you check out the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash MAC, that you guys use the code podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.